as a teacher, you know how important it is to assess and evaluate your students. But with, with so many different types of assessment and evaluation tools available, it can be overwhelming to determine which ones will be the most effective in your classroom. In this episode, we're going to take a look to dive deep into the three main types of assessment and evaluation for teachers, diagnostic, formative, and summative. Welcome to the Ignite Your Teaching video podcast, where we help elementary teachers to make good teaching easy again. I'm your host, Patty Firth, mom of three, wife, and experienced classroom teacher who's made it my mission to help other teachers establish efficient routines, find effective solutions, and deliver engaging lessons over at madlylearning.com. So are you ready to ignite your teaching? First up, we have diagnostic assessment, which is used to identify a student's strengths and weaknesses in order to inform your instruction. This type of assessment is typically administered at the beginning of the school year or at the beginning of a unit, and it is used to determine where students are starting from and what they need to work on. Diagnostic assessments can take many different forms, such as tests or skills assessments and individualized learning plans based on the assessment results. One of the key benefits of diagnostic assessments is that it allows teachers to tailor their instruction to meet the needs of individual students. By identifying students' specific strengths and weaknesses so that teachers can create a customized learning plan that addresses those needs and helps students make progress. Diagnostic assessments can also be used to identify learning gaps and for creating targeted interventions. Placement tests, such as for language and math, should be something that you can design yourself, but it can also be a standardized assessment, such as Prime. What you're trying to learn from these assessments are whether students are starting with the understanding that they're supposed to have. The initial assessments at the beginning of the school year or unit I always like to know more about what the background knowledge of students have prior to a topic and what their biases they may hold or what information might be missing. Such as when teaching about global communities, I generally need to know what they know about the world before we can begin to figure out and understand how countries work together and trade with one another. They need to know basic global geography. So many times my diagnostic assessment shows me that we need to start with a mini unit on world geography before we can begin. We also can use assessment on reading comprehension skills as well. These can be standardized reading assessment tools. This year, along with DRA, I also included a spelling diagnostic, a reading comprehension, a nonsense word list, sight reading words for those that were struggling, as well as a literacy assessment. Pre-tests and post-tests are a great way to measure growth, and this is a great way to see the impact that your lesson had or something you taught them, whether or not they've actually learned them. Now, individualized learning plans are based on the assessment results, and this is a lot of how I form my writing program. I generally start with a piece of writing at the beginning of the year, which forms as my diagnostic in September. Now, from this, this forms the basis of the writing plan that I've developed with each of my students. So while I have a standard plan that most students follow, I also have many students on their own individualized plan based on their writing needs. Now we move into formative assessment. Formative assessment is the type of assessment that's used to monitor and improve student learning in real time. It's an ongoing process that allows and helps teachers to gauge whether students are understanding the material being taught and it also provides teachers with an opportunity for students to receive feedback and make adjustments to their learning. Formative assessment is often informal and can take on many different forms, such as quizzes, class participation, or even exit tickets. One of the key benefits of formative assessment is that it allows teachers to make adjustments to their instruction in the moment based on the needs of students. For example, if a teacher gives a quiz and a large percentage of students are struggling with a certain concept, The teacher can then take the time to review that concept with the class and provide additional resources or reteaching for students to use in order to improve their outcome. Formative assessment can also help students develop a growth mindset by showing them that their understanding of a topic can improve over time with effort and practice. 
There's some examples I use in the classroom for formative assessment or observation of student work. I can walk around while students are working. It's great for warm-up or practice work when I am not working with small groups. I can use a class list to record what I see and put feedback. Now, I can also use peer reviews and peer feedback. You can have your students read each other's writing and give feedback based on the success criteria we set as a class. It takes some training for this to be purposeful, but once they get the hang of it, it's a really valuable tool. Another strategy I use is self-assessment tools such as checklists or rubrics. And if they know the criteria that is being used to evaluate them for a final task and they're working towards it now, we can use that exact same rubric and have them measure how they're doing now and what they need to improve on. I like to use a bump it up board is a great tool in your classroom for formative assessment. And we use this in language arts for many language arts related things. I'm going to include a link to the bump it up board in the show notes on our blog post at www.madlylearning.com forward slash 244. You can also find it in the January package of Ignited Literacy. Now, another strategy is quick quizzes or exit quizzes. These are a quick check-in and they are a great tool to help both you and the students know how they were doing and it lets you know what they need to continue to work on. Another favorite of mine is journal writing. In fact, I love reflection journals for lots of different topics. I specifically use this as a component of my Ignited Math program. And it allows me to, once I set the conditions for this activity, I do this by simply outlining what exactly my students need to do, what it looks like, what my expectations are. And for this, I can either print out the printable copy of the journal that I have inside Ignited Math, but I also can simply just take a regular size notebook and cut it in half. And that serves as a great notebook for a reflection journal, which does not require any additional upkeep to constantly be photocopying a new book. So each week, students will reflect on what they have learned and how their knowledge has grown. And when they do this, they compare what they have learned to the weekly learning goal. And it is a great tool for both students and teachers. It will also help you to determine your small group guided math groups for the following week because you can check what they have learned. To learn more about math journals, you can check out episode 238 linked in our blog post at www.madlylearning.com episode 244. And there you will find the previous video that is all about how to set up and structure your math journals inside your classroom. The last form of assessment is summative assessment. Now, it is used to evaluate students' learning at the end of a unit or the end of a semester, and it provides a snapshot of what students have learned and allows teachers to see how well students have mastered the material and evaluate their progress. Summative assessments are typically more formal and include things like tests, research papers, projects, and many other types of assessments that require a significant amount of preparation and effort by the student. One of the key benefits of summative assessments is that it allows teachers to see the big picture of student learning and understanding. It allows us to evaluate students' understanding of the material at the end of a unit or program of study and allows teachers can get a sense of which concepts were well understood. Summative assessments can also be useful for identifying trends in student learning and for making decisions about student placement or advancement, and often is what informs our information when writing report cards. Now, there are many different types of summative assessment tools that teachers can use. One is oral presentation. Now, this is a great way to see how students have understood the assignment. This can be done live or in front, of, in front of the whole class, or you can also use technology, which personally is my favorite, and have students film their presentation and submit it to you digitally. The digital option is great when you have a limited amount of time as a teacher, which most of us do, 
And my favorite is that you can actually speed up those student videos to 1.5 speed. It allows you to get your marking done just a little bit faster. Now, creative projects such as dioramas or models. Now, this is probably my absolute favorite form of summative assessment. And I loved using a choice board that allows students to choose their own creative projects. I recently put together a mini product choice board package that can be applied to many different topics and subjects. And this is available in my Madly Learning store as well as on TPT. You'll find the link to that at my show notes at www.madlylearning.com episode 244. And we've also included these mini lessons in the updated lessons that I'm creating for our social studies units. And my latest update is to the grade four physical and political regions unit where these mini projects are included as part of the learning task where students are learning about the provinces and territories of Canada. Side note, they are also quite so fun that my daughters, when planning out these mini units, decided they wanted to try some of these projects for fun. Now, another strategy to use for summative assessments is group projects. Group projects are helpful in a differentiated task where you may have some students who need support to do some of the work. This also works in science and social studies. While each student must be evaluated separately on a group project, sometimes you may have students need to work together because it helps some of your struggling students access the curriculum in ways that they may not otherwise be able to do independently. Last year, my class worked on a full class collaborative Minecraft project to learn about global communities and trade. All students were participating in a group world but each student's reflection reflected their own understanding and learning within the assignment. There were multiple entry points to this assignment, which allowed for easy differentiation, and it made it a great tool for all students to be able to learn something from that met their individual learning needs. Now, another form of assessment is written reports. The reality is, is sometimes you just need an easy assessment and you don't always need to do everything fun. A report may not be the most fun, but sometimes it's absolutely necessary, and you will have some students that just want to be able to tell you what they know without any of the bells and whistles. So let them. Not all culminating activities need to be fun. We also have classroom-based standardized tests. We have some sample assessments or, say, standardized tools that we can use, such as EQAO exemplars or writing exemplars or other assessments that we may access. We can use these as summative tasks for our classroom. We also have things like art exhibits or performances. Why not put on a play or a production and let students show you what they have learned? One year, I actually had students who wanted to put on a full school assembly about conserving energy for a conservation of energy unit. They designed presentations, skits, and interactive activities for the school to participate in. It allowed my students a purpose for learning and a great way to evaluate their understanding. Another option is science fair projects. This is another great way to have students show you what they know. I love this with the human body unit as students can pick any organ in the human body and then create a presentation or science fair model that shows you something that they have learned. It is a great engaging inquiry activity that you can use at the end of that science unit. We also have math assessments such as problem solving tasks or even quizzes. These are great with math. They're sometimes they're, you just call them tests. These are great in say math or even science when you're just really wanting to test understanding. Tests are the tried and true method that we are all familiar with, but we just have to be careful about how these are constructed. 
And in order to look at how we can properly construct a test, check out episode 228 for more information. We can also use just standardized reading assessments where we are just asking students to read and then answer questions about things they have read. However, I want to caution you for not constantly using a read and respond type of assessment. There are so many variety of assessments out there that we really want to make sure that we are varying the type of assessments that we're using and we're not relying solely on one form over another just because it happens to be easy. We want to give our students a wide variety of different strategies that they can be using and they can access in order to show their learning. So formative, summative, and diagnostic assessments are all important tools for teachers to use in the classroom. By using a variety of assessment and evaluation methods, teachers can get a complete picture of student learning and make informed decisions about instruction and student support. Whether you're just starting out in the teaching profession or you've been in the field for years, it's always a good idea to review the different types of assessment evaluations available and consider how you can use them in your classroom. For more episodes on assessment, check out episodes 114, 214, and 228 by linking to our blog post show notes at www.madlylearning.com episode 244. Thanks everybody and we'll see you next time.